Hey, drama listeners, it's Connor. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back for some more drama in your life. Dylan and I are forever grateful to you, and we would be even more grateful if you would go rate us five stars wherever you listen to your podcasts, tell your friends to subscribe, and also if you would head over to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast where for five dollars a month we have instagram close friends access okay that's a major perk who doesn't love to be on a close friends and we give bonus episodes every month so where it's dylan and i chit-chatting about special topics predicting the tonys talking about theater telling personal stories getting a little more personal than you know we do on the main feed and if you want that extra dose of drama hey we got some multiple bonus episodes every month. So head on over to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, $5 a month, IG close friends, supporting your favorite twins on their podcasting endeavor. All right. Enjoy this episode with Brian Martin. You're absolutely going to love it. Mwah. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got none? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, I have one thing in my head and one thing only. I know what you're going to say because you keep texting it to me. It is Angela Bassett did the thing. <laughs> how how iconic. Yeah, it's it's something in our guest is doing a little pantomime of the, it's the choreo, it's it's the rhythm, it's, I mean, we already knew Ariana DeBose was an icon. Wait, is she an icon already? Yes, if she's you so, have, if she's you so have young. an Oscar, if you have an Oscar. Well, there's a point there. There's a point yeah. there for sure. We do yeah. throw the word icon around a lot. But I feel like this maybe solidified her as an icon. I love that take because I feel as if she did just cement herself into at least I a mean, social media iconography with with this clip. I mean, the the journey that I've been through with this performance clip meme over the last five, six days has been <laughs> a roller coaster to say the least. I think we've all collectively been like, what's happening? Wait, I'm obsessed. It's camp. Okay, wait, maybe it sucks. But no, it's iconic and amazing. So I think it's amazing. She did it. Why not? Why she not? Did the thing. <laughs> it was it's so she she did the thing along with Angela Bassett. But my favorite part is actually Viola Davis, my woman king, where she does like a little crown thing. <laughs> oh my God. It's amazing. Um, no, that's that's great. And you know what? I, I like when she's like I like when she's a little breathless on Dolly D. It's like oh, oh, yeah. she she's she's losing it, but also she's taking it. She is, she is. Ugh. And I, I hope she leans into it. I, I at the time of recording, her Twitter has been deactivated, but I hope that she <laughs> returns gloriously and this she leans into how camp this is because it's yeah, amazing. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Wait, you told me that she has like a three musical contract with the Dodgers because she did a Bronx Tale. Donna, the summer, Donna Summer musical, which I actually Everyone can't remember. Different. Some Wait, people call it, it Donna. Some people call it Summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Summer. Yeah, she ate in Summer, oh, yeah. the Donna Summer oh, musical, yeah. which I'm oh, deciding yeah. it's called Summer, the Donna Summer. It is. It is. Yeah. Call um, it by its name. Is that two of her three, or does she have one more? Like, what could it be? So they say there's one more out there that she's due to return to Broadway for. So they usually do like a bio musical. So I wonder what she'll 
kidding. Mm. That's pretty fun. Maybe she'll do the Angela Bassett story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Or maybe a revival. Okay, I can't say too much. I can't say too much. <laughs> okay. But I am. Okay, I have. I have a dose of drama all of a sudden for the end of the podcast. It's about one of her co-stars from another project she did, and something they might be coming to Broadway doing. Um, okay. Anyways, we have an amazing guest with us today, and these are these are like my favorite kind of chats that we have. Someone who you and I have seen on stage a bunch. We absolutely love. We can actually refer to their work and be like oh my god and then it's like all of a sudden they're in front of us <laughs> like hello no the vibes are great i am so excited dylan would you do us the honor of yes. reading him in let's do it our guest today is a true broadway triple threat currently appearing in some like it hot at the schubert theater this standout is hot on the heels of making his broadway debut in mrs doubtfire last year where he he covered the role of Stuart. Before making his mark on New York City, our talented guest appeared in the national tours of Bullets Over Broadway, Elf, Guys and Dolls, and Beauty and the Beast. Regional audiences will know him for playing Fred Casely in Chicago at Fulton Playhouse, in Mary Poppins at Paper Mill Playhouse, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and Oklahoma at Ogunquit Playhouse, a chorus line, the titular role of Tarzan, and more. This Michigan native studied at Western Michigan University, as well as the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London, which London has been a theme on the podcast lately, so we'll get into it. He is a passionate teacher, director, and choreographer as well, sharing his artistic flair with Open Jar Institute, Broadway Connection, and numerous college and high school programs. As if that weren't enough, our guest has appeared in music videos, concerts, and performances all over the city. What a gag. Please welcome to drama, Brian, Brian Martin. Martin. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for that amazing welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. We're so happy to have you here. Like I was saying, Connor and I have seen you do a bunch of things, things mentioned on that bio and otherwise. So we'll get it. We'll get into hey. all of it. We'll get into all of it. But we're I'm so excited. happy. Some to of meet it's you. not pot appropriate. So maybe we won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. But no, seriously, I'm so excited. Thank you. I can tell you've got like a Midwest sensibility about you in that you're very nice. Listen, kindness, kindness is the key ingredient to this business, I think. Mm-hmm. one of definitely okay are you obsessed with the ariana debose video too i i cannot even describe the amount of memes that have been sent to me um and yesterday it was the highlight of the dressing room we just we couldn't get enough of it yes the little yes. shoulder action was was inputted wherever we could make it you know in the ensemble so i am picturing fun. all of the hunks of some like it hot right now doing the yes oh my god y'all should have made some sort of a tiktok <laughs> or something that is so funny. maybe we will maybe we will maybe oh maybe. yeah great idea Tom. that is so funny have you ever worked with ariana i have never worked with ariana um i am a big fan i love that she's a triple threat and you know and that she is you know sharing her talents with the world and what she's doing it's incredible to see someone you know go from the donna summer musical to winning or you know getting an oscar and it's just incredible yeah. And she's queer, which is like so cool as well that she's hosting things. And Absolutely. Brian, how are you doing today? Are you well? I am so well. Um, it is a beautiful day. It's a one show day. So I got to sleep in a little bit, rest my body for the weekend ahead. Um, and I'm feeling great. I'm happy to be here with you both. Oh, thank Yay. you. Yeah. What does that, what does that entail? Like I know that the light, when we spoke with your, your co-star Casey, Garvin a couple of months ago, I think it was right during previews, he was sort of cluing us in on how you really, the show becomes your whole life. Like you really have to rest and 
and dedicate so much of it. What is like your routine like now that you're in a show again? Sure. I mean, that's so true. When you, you know, for the hundreds of thousands of people who are out there studying to do this professionally, no one tells you that when you do get your dream job, the work is just beginning, you know? And so it's, it's incredibly difficult to give 100% eight times a week. So anytime that there's time to rest, you take it. But my typical week, I definitely go to the gym to make sure that I'm strong enough for the show that I'm doing on stage. So I'll head to the gym later today and then get to the theater and do a nice um, stretch and warm up before the show. This is the kind of show where before the curtain goes up, every single member of the ensemble is is on the floor, warming up, stretching, doing their splits. I mean, it's so physical, especially the opening number. If you've come, what are you thirsty for? We open with, we open with quite a bang. So um, we all are just prepping our minds and our bodies for the three hour journey that we're about to take everyone on. Oh, it is such a good show. It is so good. And yeah, Dylan, you're right. When we talked to Casey, we hadn't seen the show yet. And then we did. And ultimately it is, it's, it's the kind of show I love to see on Broadway. The kind of show I grew up seeing. And it feels like a fresh take on that. So our audience is loving it. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I think there's something for the musical theater nerd inside that this show gives, you know, and we're like, oh, this feels familiar, but yet it has such a fresh spin and a contemporary feel to it. I just remember hearing like the orchestrations, the overture for the very first time. And I was jolted back to my younger self, like my, my, uh, kid self who would just go to, I would, I was the kid who would go to the library, rent as many cast albums as I could, rip them to my computer and listen to them nonstop and just imagine in my head what these shows looked like. And um, so this is definitely a dream come true for me. I, I say it's like kind of like my thoroughly modern Millie moment, you know, because it's just that classic Broadway feel, but with that contemporary edge. And it's, it's so thrilling. Audiences have been um, getting on their feet immediately, you know, at the end of the show. And so it's, it's awesome to see people smiling and laughing and cheering again. Aw, that's amazing. We, that is such a relatable memory that you talked about, about going to the library, getting the cast albums and like ripping them to your computer. And I definitely did that with Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh my God. I feel like I used, I forget what my like platform was. Maybe it was just iTunes that I ripped it to. And then I put it on like CDs. I don't remember. I did have like a really yeah. low budget MP3 player called a SanDisk Sansa. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember those. Totally had that. Yeah, yeah. that too. <laughs> it really got me through many a like bus ride to and from like a marching band game or something <laughs> like that. So that I, I shout out to my SanDisk Sansa. I wish I wish she were here now. Doubtfire was your Broadway debut, but with this one, you, you didn't do the Macy's Parade with Doubtfire, right? Did you guys do it? Well, we did not. No, we did not. Yeah, this was, this has been, you know, the gift that continues to keep on giving. And the Macy's Parade, I like to say, it was like, I think it was the highest I personally ever felt in my life. Just, it was, first of all, it's Thanksgiving. So everyone is full of gratitude mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling warm and bubbly. And then, I mean, like theater folk, we all watch the Tony Awards, which is incredible, best night of theater ever. But the entire country, if not more, watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So I would get messages from like my kindergarten school teacher and, you know, that third cousin and just people. I came out of the woodwork to be like, hey, I saw you on the parade, which is just so, so amazing. Um, so there was just love coming from everywhere. 
and um, the weather was nice and we got to share, you know, we were still in preview. So we get to share for the first time a glimpse into what our show is all about. Yes. And I feel like it was really well received. I mean, the energy, the choreography, the music, everything. And did you guys record an album yet? We did. We recorded the album a few weeks ago um, and it should be coming out, I think, March 24th or 25th is the date. Um, And I cannot wait to see um, what they what they've done with it. And for, you know, that little kid in Michigan to go to the library and rent the mm-hmm. album and or yeah I don't think that exists anymore you can and I was thinking about that actually it's like it's all of guests I just on Spotify maybe or I don't know yeah totally wow we didn't have that luxury as kids that's yeah. true that's true we had uh we... kids these days have it too easy I'm, I'm suddenly mm-hmm. one of those people who says yeah. kids these days I guess as a <laughs> 29 year old but you know we yeah. really had to seek things out back in the day you know illegally download things on LimeWire did you do that Brian Oh, absolutely. I was, I was that, that person who would just as much as I could obtain in the musical theater world. Like that was my iPod. It was just musicals, you know, but totally. I mean, that's the thing about like, when we go back to the hard work, it's like they can go online and watch a bootleg of a show or see clips. We we didn't have that. So we had to imagine it and create that, that experience um, for ourselves. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about some like it hot. But as we're talking about like childhood and what got you into the business and what you even like about the arts in general, we ask all of our guests about the the moment that they really felt like they identified with musicals, theater, the art, all of it. We we borrow the term from Fun Home. We call it the Ring of Keys moment because maybe it was a light switch that went off when you were watching something or consuming something. Do you feel like you had a Ring of Keys moment or even moments any point in your life? Yeah. Um, I mean, it just kind of coincides with my childhood. I grew up singing in church. I was like a child boy soprano belter. Um, yes. So I was just, you know, lucky, lucky to have uh, the gifts as a kid. Um, and so I did a lot of community theater in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm from, and um, got to play like the little boy in ragtime. And, you know, I was like the one kid in the production with all adults. And so I was just immediately immersed in this world of make-believe and I fell in love with it um, instantly. So I knew it was a part of my soul. Um, But my very first Broadway show was the original Broadway cast of Wicked. And as we all know, that show is life-changing. But for little 14-year-old me, I was, I couldn't believe, like I was fully transported and I got to see the original cast, which I didn't even, I don't even know, you know, now how lucky I was. I didn't know um, to be able to witness that. And so I think that's, that was the moment I, uh, my, I came with my mom and she was like, let's see Phantom of the Opera or let's see, you know, Les Mis or whatever. And I was like, no, I really want to see this new show, Wicked. And so she did everything she could to get us, you know, partial view tickets or whatever. And, (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was, uh, I think Wicked kind of locked in the deal for me in terms of, hey, I want to be on that stage when I'm older and I want to do this for a living. Uh, Well, that is so special. Wicked is such a gateway drug, I think for, for people, but to like be in this city and be convincing your mom to go see it. That's so cute. How did you even like know what it was? Well, it was, um, it was even before the cast album, it was when we had like the online blogs and people were talking about new shows. And so I was totally in, I was obsessed with Wicked and I knew that it was around, but the album hadn't even come out yet. So I was like, hey, I know that there's this show and I've heard some clips. Um, can we please go see it? So it was pretty special. So what were you doing in New York? Was it just like a family trip? 
Um, I was doing like a talent showcase, one of those week-long programs. Um, I actually was auditioning for, as a kid, I was auditioning for the, the little boy and the boy from Oz. Oh, yeah. And also for like an international tour of The Sound of Music. So I was here auditioning as a kid and also um, getting to see some shows. But it was my first time in New York City. So it was, you know, life changing. Oh, I can imagine. How old were you? I was 14. What else did you see on that trip? That is the only show we saw. That's the only show we had time for. It's all you needed, honestly. So that's why, yeah, that's why it became my entire world. Um, And I, I remember I would go home and record myself singing Defying Gravity and you know because I still was this boy soprano belter so I was singing all of the Alphaba and Glinda music um, <laughs> but then once my voice started changing very shortly thereafter I realized that if I wanted to do this professionally that dance had to become more so a forefront in my training mm. and um, so I started taking dance more seriously and taking classes and you know working on my new voice <laughs> this new manly boy. <laughs> You're like, oh, Fiora doesn't even have that good of music in the show. Like, well, I guess, right. I mean, that's, it's cute. Dancing with life is cute. But then he does get to sing it as long as you're mine, of course. But Right. I want about the wizard and I. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't seen you in Wicked yet. Yeah, I actually have never. I've been in for Wicked, I think, one time. But hmm. um, the the people that are, the tracks that I think I would be right for, they've been around or they've been in those tracks for quite a long time. So um, maybe in the future, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Nice maybe work if day. you can get it, right? I mean, people would, you know, why would you leave? But you're too, you're busy originating tracks now. Like that's that's your gig <laughs> these days. This might be like a little too personal, but so at 14, had you realized your identity yet? Was that also kind of tied in with that trip at all? Or Oh yeah, that's a good question. I don't think I fully realized. I was raised very Catholic and... Um, it was, you know, part of my, I like knew, but I didn't know, you know? And so it like Wicked was a very religious experience in its own right. And it was, it was the white pants, wasn't it? It was the white pants. They were so nice. And Norbert Leo Butts. What a, what a hunk. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I just, it's shortly thereafter within the community theater world of my upbringing, I found friends who were just like me from all over the city and we would get together and sing show tunes and have sleepovers and, um, a lot of them who are still here working on Broadway and performing today. So, Oh, that's so special. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, there's something in the water in the Midwest. I was talking to a friend, he's from Michigan, and we were talking about how it's maybe it's because you're like sort of in the middle of the country and you don't have direct access to like the coastal things like in LA or New York that there's this like craving and like cutting your teeth in a way to try and get out there and sure. break out. I don't know. It's so interesting. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I always knew after that first visit, I was like, I that's where I will be. I can't wait to get out of here. Once you have a taste of, you know, this, this beautiful city of, you know, arts and diversity and just everything. It's like, oh, I, that's where I'm meant to thrive. So mm-hmm. I always knew. And then did you book a national tour out of college? Is that sort of where these credits started rolling in? Yeah. So I went to school, Western Michigan University, got my BFA. Um, and then I was invited to audition for the national tour of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And um, I ended up booking the ensemble and covering Lumiere on that tour. And that was like my first taste of a long running show. Just, I think I did that show, I don't know, 350 times or something crazy. Wow. All over the country. And it was, you know, non-union. So we had like week long sit downs in LA and then we had one nighters and 
everywhere. So I learned a lot in just in, in terms of professionalism and, and stamina and everything that goes along with a long running show. Totally. And you got to go on as Lumiere? I did get to go on as Lumiere, a, a beautiful young 22 year old Lumiere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would give anything now to rewind and sit in the audience and watch myself stumble through that um, in the best way. But it was a lot of fun. And I would love to revisit that role someday in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to come back or it, it, it's allegedly been coming back for a while now. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. fun as hell. So then what happened between touring the country and being the beast and then Doubtfire was supposed to happen in 2020. So was your goal the whole time like, I'm going to make it on Broadway. I'm going to make it on Broadway. I'm gonna make... Or were you like happy with everything else you had going on. I mean, we were reading your credits. You've been busy. Yeah, I mean, I truly, my road to Broadway is 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 one of those that a lot of people will understand. And it's, I've worked every survival job in, in the books. I mean, I worked at gyms, I've worked restaurants, I've catered. I've done multiple gigs all over the city, um, you know, working at birthday parties and dressing up as this character or that character. And, <laughs> All the while auditioning for these Broadway shows, you know, a few times a week and getting agents. And, you know, I like I did the thing and I worked my tail off to do it. Um, and it didn't um, I did a couple other national tours, as you mentioned, and a lot of regional gigs. Um, and it wasn't until um, January of 2020 that I finally got the call that, that I would be making my Broadway debut, which was for Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, and then, of course, in March, the world shut down. So that was a very um, insane experience for my emotional and mental health. Mm. Just being like, oh, we did it. We finally did it. And then it's all gone. And um, but looking back, I am so thankful that that door opened for me when it did, because I have no idea where I would be now if, if I didn't have that um, that light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, absolutely. Did you all do like one or two performances? Was that what it was? And then? Yeah, we did three. three. We did three performances. Um, and then I remember we were sitting there, you know, rehearsing and they came in and they were like, we're just going to leave everything where it's at and we'll see you in four weeks is what we thought at the time. So that was, you know, that was an insane experience for anyone that worked on a show during that time. Um, but then even more so coming back, I was swinging the show. So I understudied seven different tracks. <laughs> um, and it was when Omicron decided to come sweeping through the planes. And so it didn't matter if you were vaccinated or wearing masks and doing everything right. It was happening, you know, everyone was getting sick again. Um, and so there were moments where I was on stage playing, I think up to four people a show just to keep the show alive during that insane time. It was, I learned so much and I'm, <laughs> I'm very grateful for the experience, but I woke up every morning looking at my phone, just like shaking a little bit. So here's <sighs> my shout out to all the swings and understudies out there. You are the best. Like it is insane. It's insane what um, they do and what we do, but um, I'm grateful for everything I learned. Yes. Wow. Swings, Seriously. Swings especially are the unsung heroes. I do. I love that they were given more spotlight in the last year or so. So congrats to you. But I still think there should have been some sort of a segment or something during the Tony Awards that highlighted all the swings and understudies and covers. Because I agree. I, mean, I agree. I mean, specifically last year when we saved Broadway every day. I mean, it was it, I, thinking back, like my heart is pounding. I'm like, mm -hmm. it was insane. 
um, what we did, but I'm very proud. And I'm, you know, that's like the best learning environment. I learned so much and I became almost like fearless. I was like, okay, what am I going to do today? And, you know, like as, as we grow in the arts, we're all perfectionists in our own way and we want to do things right. And, but I learned to stop beating myself up over, you know, stepping on the right foot instead of the left foot or just little things that you can't control in those moments. Um, and so I'm so thankful for those learning lessons that I think prepared me for, you know, the job that I have now. Yeah. So Doubtfire obviously didn't run as long as we'd have hoped and, you know, just wrong time in many ways. Okay. So you were shut down once for COVID in 2020, came back, shut down again for COVID, came back. What kind of roller coaster? I mean, I I feel like that would have been hard for me as like such a Virgo. I'm like, I like to know what I'm doing. I like to know what's happening. Did the unknowns really get to you or were you just like having faith in the show and hoping for the best? Um, it was a little of both. It was a mixture of feelings. Um, you know, we we knew that everyone around us was doing their best to make the show happen. And there was so much heart in the show. And there's a national tour going out this year, which is great. So more audiences wow. will get to experience it. But it was it was insane. And so uh, luckily during one of those shutdowns is when I got to do the workshop for Some Like It Hot. So it kind of fit like into one of my breaks, which... I was very fortunate for. Um, so there was a moment where I was like, okay, I'm still, you know, working and things are still happening. But um, it was it was unfortunate. That show should have lasted a lot longer than it did. Oh my God, we had the best time. I mean, and Rob McClure's performance was only one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen. But the rest of the show too held up completely. I mean, we had Annalise Carpacci yeah. on who is a star and I mean, just everybody in that. Oh class, yeah, she is a sleigh. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. And so then there was a little bit of crossover too with you and Casey Garvin both doing Doubtfire and then coming over to this one. Was there anybody else from Doubtfire that's in Some Like It Hot now? Yeah, there's, well, Jay Harrison G, oh, yeah. who is, Duh. you know, uh, Daphne is um, was in Doubtfire as well as KJ Hippensteel, who was Rob's understudy in Doubtfire, is yes. now understudying Christian Borle in Some Like It Hot. Oh, cool. That's so fun. Yeah, I think KJ, that's that was it. That's his name. He graduated from the same um, college theater program that my boyfriend went to, Wright State in Dayton. So Yeah, yeah, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I can't even imagine the pressure of understudying somebody like Rob McClure as well. <laughs> and then going in and understudying Christian Worrell. It's like... <laughs> I mean, it's like I said at the beginning, like getting to work with these, both of these individuals back to back, it's they are the kindest human beings, you know, and um, they're a masterclass in their own right. They come into the room and, you know, they every day the script is changing and evolving. And if they have an idea, they just go for it with no fear. And some of uh, most of those choices that everyone will be like, yeah, let's put that in. That's amazing, you know. And so it was really cool to be an observer of their work and watch them just have the biggest hearts and, you know, be as fearless as they are in the rehearsal room and making choices and being creative and not apologizing for it. If they, if, if a joke didn't land or, you know, or they fell on their face or whatever, it didn't matter. And so it's been the joy of a lifetime to watch these two idols of mine in, in person in a rehearsal room. Oh, I can only imagine. Who would be like someone in the future that you'd be like absolutely gagged 
freaking out to work with? Like your next show or say they come into this show or something like that. Like who was your hero or somebody like that when you were coming up? Sure. Well, I like to consider myself more of a song and dance man. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of my idols is Tony Yazbek. I just, I, the voice is unbelievable. The talent is unbelievable. And I would love to learn more from them and watch them, you know, rehearse yeah, someone who does it all, you know, triple threat. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's incredible. So totally. that would be one of mine. He's been on the forefront of our minds recently because Connor and I had Alicia Umphress from On the Town on recently. Actually, she was mm-hmm. her episode came out yesterday. But and Tony Ezra obviously led that. And I was like, you know, I want like another revival like that of that kind of era. Well, Flying Over Sunset had, wasn't he? He oh, yeah. um, There was like a similar sort of like era sensibility to it. He was great great in that. Did you get to see it, Brian? Yeah, I did get to see it and I loved it. I thought it was so special and um, his performance in, in, you know, particular was beautiful. Um, the whole, the whole show was really wonderful. Yeah. It was felt like a cool risk for a Broadway show that, that you don't normally see. Plus he was wearing those board shorts at one point. I feel like that didn't get enough attention, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it got attention from me, Dylan. That's yeah. all that really, really mattered. We, I was going to ask you, Brian, because something we mentioned at the top was we've seen you in lots of different things, but I remember seeing you in yeah. the Alaska 1989 show at $3 bill last summer. Yes. That is one of my, I mean, Dancing for Alaska is, I think, one of my favorite things in life. Like, it is the best feeling. First of all, you're just dancing. For, we're just, we're in a backyard in Brooklyn putting on this elaborate drag show. Um, and Alaska is, again, one of the kindest humans ever. And so it's it's a blast. And we got to dance the Taylor Swift music. Love it. I don't know. It's just, it's so fun. Those Those nights are just some of the best. How have you gotten involved in that scene? Just from uh, way, way, way back when I did Summer Stock in Indiana at Wagon Wheel Theater. Um, and I met Nick Laughlin uh, during that time, if you know the name, who's yeah. very close to Alaska. And so we've just been good friends ever since. And it's kind of those things where it's like, hey, are you free to dance? And I'm like, absolutely. I would love to. I think I went to like the Thursday performance that ever. It was so iconic, that 1989 show. I mean, Taylor's my like number one. I know all the words to every song. And it was so fun and camp because like Alaska did not, but that made it better. <laughs> it made it better that we were like, it was still like drag, you know, we weren't going to this like perfectly executed like i know every single word every single song and i'm like slaying and killing it like it was so fun and it felt like a community experience i mean and the dancing was iconic i mean we had like laguna blue singing too like the audio wasn't perfect but totally it just really felt like this amazing new york summer night and i'm like oh, this is what i love about like the arts in general drag and music and dancing and yeah and i think that's that's nick's goal is to to merge the drag world with the Broadway world a little bit and to give a night that is a little more of a spectacle, a little more of a show. Um, you know, of course it's not perfect, perfectly executed. We have minimal rehearsals and we put on costumes once maybe before we do it, but <laughs> it's just those, again, those nights are so thrilling for a performer to go out. And of course everyone's, everyone loves Alaska, everyone loves Taylor. So there's just so much love in the air. It's like you're in a room full of people that are vibing together. And so it's, you know, incredible energy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, fun. Wait, I'm curious about something because I, I noticed that you're, you post on your Instagram that you are 
on the key art for a different musical that's opening this Broadway season oh, that yeah. your likeness appears in the New York, New York marquee. What is that all about? Yeah. Um, so after doing the Bullets of a Broadway tour, I was connected with the one and only Susan Stroman, who mm. um, is, again, one of my biggest idols in this business. And they were looking for two dancers to kind of be the visual art for this production. And I got the call asking if I was available to do it. So that was um, an incredible gift. I mean, I'm in no way a part of the production other than this. But um, just to be, you know, again, uh, rewinding back to Little Me, to see myself on a Broadway poster is insane um, (laughs) with all of those names attached to it. So um, I'm really looking forward. I have a lot of friends in the show and I know that Stroman's work is some of the best. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Oh yeah, we've needed her back on Broadway. Speaking of Tony Yasbeck, she was she was supposed to do um, the that Gershwin one the, from the 1993 best musical. Crazy for you. Crazy for you. Yeah, that with Tony Yasbeck. Yeah, I think that may still be in the works somewhere, but um, it's not happening now. Yeah, oh, right. Know. Oh, wait, because it had Laura Osnes in it too, right? Uh, well, maybe at some point. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And then Tony Aspect saved the day. Anyways. Anyway. He did. Remember, he was like, wait, were they doing that in the Hamptons? Was it crazy? For I don't remember doing? what it was. I don't know. <laughs> and then Page Six was like, <laughs> we've talked about this in the podcast. I know. I don't remember. This is so chopped up. We can cut that. <laughs> that was one of the funniest nights of my life. But anyway, well, like when the news broke, the Page Six. But oh, what I was going to mm-hmm. ask was, Brian, when you were in the Bullets tour, did, did you go through Cleveland? Because we definitely saw it in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We did go through Cleveland. That's the Playhouse, Playhouse Square, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. We were there for two, I think two weeks, maybe three weeks. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that was one of our first stops. Yeah. Oh my God. Bullets over Broadway, again. I mean, what an incredible show. Too short lived on Broadway. Um, but. I learned so much and, you know, getting to dance Stroman's iconic choreography, specifically that tap number, Taint Nobody's Business, with which Nick Cordero led, you know, in yes. the show. Um, it's just been, I, again, one of the gifts that keeps on giving. And I got to do it here in New York a couple times for a gala for um, Stroman. And then we did actually a, a video recording of the number with like, 20 more guys on a rooftop in New York. So that was a lot of fun getting to oh, capture that. Oh my God, I need to look that up. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really good. Yeah, in Cleveland, I, it might have been an early stop. I remember that a, a pearl necklace broke all <laughs> over the stage and they had to like stop the show and, and some wonderful, I don't know if it was a stage manager, somebody mopped the whole thing up or maybe it was a, an ensemble member doing it. I don't know. Yes, yeah, she, um, Olive is given a, a necklace with black pearls. Um, and so, I mean, how dangerous for a show that has as much dancing <laughs> to have little black beads all over the stage that you can't see. So it was, it was the right move to stop the show in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's, so, that's live theater, baby. I love it. That was the Helena York role, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, really quick, I need to ask you, how long were you in London when you were yes. studying there? I was in London for six weeks. Um, and it was one of the best experiences. I was 21 years old. It was my first time to Europe. Um, actually, one of my classmates was Miss Samantha Barks, oh. <laughs> um, who, who was also studying at the time. And we became really close friends um, during that time. So it was, it was an amazing experience. I uh, just studied Shakespeare. So I got to, um, you know, when you're studying in school, you're, you're splitting your time between the academics, the dancing, the singing, the acting, and it was finally a moment to put everything away and just focus on one 
thing, which was Shakespeare and acting. And um, so that's, I think, when I really fell in love with just acting in general, because as ensemblists, we were so focused on dance training and singing training, where I was like, wait a second, if I want to do this in the long haul, you know, nowadays on Broadway, you have to cover, you have to be able to jump into someone else's shoes at any moment. So I'm very thankful for that time. Oh, how fun. Connor and I were just in London for like a week and a half and it was the best. What area did you live in? I was in central London um, in like a dorm um, and studied at the Royal Academy. Oh, yeah. What a dream. Oh my God. I I love it. I mean, oh my God, that's wild. That's wild. British boys are so cute. They are so cute. It's the accent. But then they think that you're cute because you have an American accent. Which I was shook by. I was like, oh my God, they probably think we sound so annoying, but they actually love, which I do, but they probably love, they love it. They would say. (laughs) No, it's a win-win. Yeah. It's a win-win. Wait, okay. You, you have a boyfriend that you mentioned. I can't remember who was on the pot or off, but what's the tea here? How long has this been going on? Um, I have a boyfriend. His name is Saeed and it is going on about just over a year and a half. Yeah, and it's been it's been a wonderful ride. I mean, Said has seen me through Mrs. Doubtfire and Some Like It Hot. So he's been on quite the journey with me by my <laughs> side. And I'm very, very thankful to have someone like him um, in my life during this time. Is Aww. he a civilian or is he an actor? He is a, he, he is a <laughs> civilian. Um, he's a doctor, which is wonderful. Ooh. He um, oh just God. got a job at Columbia as the clerkship director for the um, OBGYN, um, clinic. Yeah. So he's a very intelligent human being, but loves the arts. His favorite musical is Phantom of the Opera, which Uh. we've seen together now three times because he loves it so much. Three times in a year and a half. He really loves it. Like loves. (laughs) (laughs) He loves, he loves it. He could sing any word from it. And I wasn't the biggest Phantom fan. And now I have to say that I am. It's That's what so happens, amazing. right? That's kind of what happens. Um, yeah. How did the two of you meet? We met on Hinge online. Yeah, during the pandemic, I was working at a bar. I mean, it, during the break be- before Mrs. Doubtfire came back. Um, I was working at a bar in the neighborhood and we mapped on an app and met for a date and the rest is history. Did you say, I'm finishing up my shift. Why don't you come by for an end of the night drink? And Yeah. I mean, he did. He did come by for a drink. And, oh my God, that's and so we're cute. Like, Maybe we should get dinner this week. So it was cute. Oh, I love it. You guys that's are adorable. adorable. Of course, everyone, when they follow you on Instagram, they'll have to see the cute pictures about the two of you because yeah. it's so cute. Before we do Dose of Drama, I'm curious, Brian, what's your dream? Like you've been in this business I mean, it feels like you've been in this business your whole life in some ways, you know, like preparing for it. It, Has it been what you hoped it would be? I guess that's two questions, but. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, Some Like It Hot, Some Like It Hot has definitely matched a lot of my dreams in terms of originating, you know, from the workshop level to the Broadway stage. It's been unbelievable to be a part of this experience and to be in the room with these iconic creators. And I mean, this cast and it has I'm still living this dream so it's been hard to think about you know what's next what's next is the question everyone asks but I'm really really comfortable with this moment in time and in in embracing every day that I get to do this specific dream I guess you know the next goal is to start playing more roles and maybe creating a role um I think that I have something special to give and I would love to have a role that's written for Brian, you know? And I think as, as I progress in this industry um, and meet more people, I think that might be on the table. I would also love to 
direct and choreograph in the future and to continue to create my own work. So we'll see. I have a lot of dreams. I just need to focus them. <laughs> I love it. And I love what you said about being present because I think that's so important. This is so exciting. And y'all didn't get to have the huge spring Tony's campaign for Doubtfire that we would have hoped for. So this is, I, I have a good feeling about some like it hot this year. Oh, I have so. a great feeling. We'll see. It is an incredible season. I mean, there are so many, there are so many amazing new shows coming out and I have so many friends involved in all of them. So, you know, I'm just happy that Broadway's back, that everyone's working and that we get to experience, you know, uh, different types of theater and at any moment is great yeah you know what my like wish for something like it hot although i mean i want you guys to get nominated for you know best musical director or choreography whatever i need natasha to get a nomination need wouldn't that be so great i mean we all think about it every day yeah um she is she is one of the best humans i've ever um met and gotten to work with her spirit is always positive her comedic timing is brilliant. Her vocal, her vocal talent is unhinged. I mean, she is, yeah. she deserves it. So I really hope that comes her way. Maybe that's my dose of drama. <laughs> I need it. I need her to get one. I agree yeah. that for sure. It's well, great tra- transition, Connor. We, it's time for the dose of drama. It is time. We like to leave our listeners with something to think about. Hmm. It could be something that you want to recommend. It could be something that you just have on your mind. It, drama is life. Drama is everything. So yeah, I guess I, I will. This is sort of out of order for me, but my dose of drama is if Natasha does not get a Tony nomination for Some Like It Hot, I'm taking to the streets. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm taking to the streets. All right, Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? I do. So I mentioned at the beginning about something that I had heard about one of Ariana DeBose's co-stars from a past project. I'm still so, shaking in anticipation. Okay, so the word on the street is this Avita that's happening at ART in Boston is going to star a Golden Globe winner Rachel Zegler from the West Side Story film as mm-hmm. Ava Perone. And she's then allegedly going to take it to Broadway. Because she did say in an interview that her Broadway debut is closer than we all think. Really? Mm-hmm. And I and I, I have it on good authority that that's what's happening. Wow, this is our drama. As we this like is this it. is yeah, this is your dumois drama moment. Um, mm-hmm. wow, 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 wow. I'm yep. a little gagged. Yeah, yeah. What else? Yeah. Isn't she going to be in something else? She's going to be Snow White with our, oh. our friend of the pod, Andrew Burnout. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Dylan. This is this is something. I really did like that Evita that they did at New York City Center with Slaya Pfeiffer. I thought she devoured oh my god oh, yeah. yeah 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 was i said i don't know if it's the same director i know sammy cannell did that one i don't know if she's doing art but anyways anyway I, just... I didn't know Evita was going to be at art andrew lloyd weber shows are having the moment that sondheim shows have have been having for the last year and a <laughs> half we're like they're all coming back now phantom yeah. will be back in five years it'll be like it'll be a minimalist production where it's just by candlelight and it's going to be at <laughs> circle in the square and Saeed's going to produce it. And- yeah, Saeed's the lead <laughs> producer. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's fun. Um, Brian, do you have a dose of drama today? I I am a pretty drama-free human, but now that we've been talking about Natasha, yes. one of our producers on our show is Miss Mariah Carey. I think it would be really thrilling if Mariah Carey came in and did a little sweet Sue appearance in Some Like It Hot the Musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I that would spread some drama. It would. I think that if Natasha took a well-deserved vacation or, you know, got like one night off a week, you know, on a Friday night or something, 
have Mariah step in. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. Just a one night only Mariah Carey sweet Sue. That would be right. pretty thrilling. <laughs> did you get to meet Ms. Carey? We did get to meet Ms. Carey. She is everything that you can imagine and more. Just so kind, so fun. Really awesome. Awesome human. Oh, that's I great. Love it. And Sam Smith came too. Yeah, we've had we had quite the week of celebrities last <laughs> week. Um, they're like, okay, another one, Sierra. Um, but in all honesty, they're all you know so wonderful, so kind, and they all love the show. And that's that's another you know with these original shows, it's cool to get to meet all these people who are um, intrigued by it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, it is amazing. I can't wait to come back and see it. When we saw it, actually, Jay was out. It was like I think end of previews. Wow. So we saw the incredible understudy. I forget what his name is. Jarvis. He was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. Yeah, Jarvis had, I mean, that was the only time Jay's been out this whole run. Um, and it was um, for a little bit of an injury that they mm-hmm. had to take care of. Um, and so Jarvis had zero rehearsal. Uh, we actually had to cancel a performance just to have the night to give them time to put on a costume and, you know, hope for the best. And they absolutely nailed it yes and so you'll have to come back and see jay's performance because i think that might also be uh, a nomination in the future oh i need to i need to love it oh my goodness brian you are so sweet and kind you have that midwestern sensibility i can tell you raised in a good catholic family just like us <laughs> um, <laughs> and i'm so excited to come back and see it and meet you actually in person where can the people find and follow you sure um you can find me on instagram at bt marts with a z b-t-m-a-r-t-z and i would love to say hi there yes absolutely and of course while everyone's following brian they should be following us we're at connor mcdowell at dylan mcdowell and at the drama podcast brian thank you so much for doing yes this thank with us you today. thank you you're both so wonderful thanks for having me oh my gosh pleasure is ours and connor i will see you next time drama, drama.